You're listening to The Sideline Story, the platform for all rugby league identities to voice their journey, their sideline story. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sideline Story Rugby League Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Tassoni, and join with me on the panel are my two favourite rugby league analysts, Nicholas Guild and Ryan Clark. How are we, boys? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good, thank you. Nick, how are you? Phenomenal. We're back again, yet again, in the virtual studio across multiple locations. Guilty, I understand you're in Geelong, my friend. I am. Mate, what are no you comment doing? on why. Oh. Don't worry about it. Secret right, business. I'll just stop, um, stop where I was at then. <laughs> um, boys, we're gearing up for a big episode, rounding up the... ESL and NRL round recaps, the NRL round preview, and of course, the Sideline Stories bunker review, the segment for rugby league debate and discussion. Boys, are we on the drink tonight or are we on the waters like last week? Mate, I'm, um, yeah, no, I'm um, having, a, have, having a couple of days off. <laughs> Me too, bro. Had a big weekend. Clarky's Clark, got a big one tomorrow. Apparently, or the next day. <laughs> the other day after. Saving himself. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. It's good. Clarky, uh, not Clarky. Guilty, what are you doing? I'm at a, I'm at the um, smoking lounge at a dirty pub in Geelong. <laughs> hey, the less said about this, the better. Yeah. Less okay. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into the sideline stories. Quick wrap of the English Super League for round three. Now, after their break from the Challenge Cup, six games across the weekend. Game one, the undefeated Wigan Warriors, 19 over Leeds Rhinos, six. Wigan's halfback, Jackson Hastings, played a big role in this game. And boys, he's rumoured to have signed with the West Tigers for two years from 2022 onward. What are your thoughts of that? Yeah, I've heard, yeah, I've heard it's a definite. Definite signature, yeah. Mm. I reckon it's a massive signing. I think it's a good signing too because they need a bit of leadership. He's a leader, even if he's a bit of a rat bag. His stint in the Super League would have matured him a bit considering his bad uh, breakup with uh, Manly and that whole shebang with Cherry Evans. That was a bit dramatic, eh? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a bit dramatic. Obviously, um, when you have a verb with Cherry Evans and you come off second best, you get shipped to Super League. Clearly, look what happened to him. Yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see where the Tigers go from here. Like they've apparently they've pub, well, apparently they've privately said to Luke Brooks that they still want him in the club. Mm. Like, is that all just, is that all just bullshit? And they're just 
they're going to sign him. So hopefully that he asked for a lease so they don't have to pay him out or it's, it's a bit confusing. Well, they've also said to Dewey that you're staying too because they're both signed for two more years from next year. So, yeah, unless they're doing a Sharks and promising them promising them the world and then next minute they're, you know, actually jokes, we'll get rid of you. You never know. You're never yeah, safe um, in rugby league, are you? Like I said, unless they're just hoping that Brooks asked to be released and then they'd have to pay him out, I don't know. Mate, he might. Um, they might use him as a Benji-style player off the bench because Moses is going apparently. Yeah. They're relying on Moses leaving too, Moses Zimbai. They're paying him like seven hundred thousand dollars. No, he's on. Yeah. He's Can on I just nine. say nine hundred? Nine, nine hundred. Mm. Can I just say that Dewey is playing awesome, and yeah. Dewey is yeah, do, when they say we want Dewey to stay, he's playing. He's their best player right now. Yeah, 100%. yeah, he is. Oh, next to Dane Laurie, but he's their best. He's definitely the better half. There's no doubt mm. about it. I don't know, boys. I reckon that's a. I reckon it's a gun signing. I think he's matured. He's he's been in two grand finals in a row. Lost them both. One with Salford. One with Wigan. Um, this is his final year with Wigan. Um, and like I said, they're undefeated at the moment. So you know he could lead them to the promising the promised land before he comes back. He's still young. So he's twenty five. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, heaps of time ahead of him. Moving on to game two, the undefeated Castleford Tigers pump the English Super League newcomers, Lace Centurions, 52 to 16. And there's not much more to say about that one. Now, game three, another undefeated club in St. Helens. They defeated Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, 34 to 6. Game four was a beauty. Now, Hull Kingston Rovers defeated Huddersfield, 25 to 24. And... It was Hull Kingston Rovers' first win of the season, leaving Huddersfield winless in 2021. Fun fact about that game, Hull Kingston Rovers centre Ben Crooks scored the fastest ever try in rugby league history. Seven seconds. Oh, yeah. Yep. He broke the previous record held by Kirasomi Arvao, which was 11 seconds, for the Parramatta Eels against the Broncos in 2017. Did you say it, Gildy? No, I didn't. Was it a short kickoff or something? How can you run seven seconds? But it's kicked it like a, you would a normal kickoff. Um, Aiden Caesar's kind of balked at it. The wingers balked at it. It's bounced and it's basically just bounced up into the uh, okay. <laughs> the kicking team and they've gone through. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. crazy. It's never going to happen again. I, I couldn't see it happening ever again. Um, game five, the fourth undefeated club for this English Super League, the Catalans Dragons thrashed the winless Salford Red Devils 42-6. to And the final game, Hull FC and Warrington Wolves play out a 14-all draw, even with Golden Point. So I remember last week, one of you said, I think Gildy, you said it never, it's never a draw after Golden Point. Well, it happened. Yeah, but that's um, in England. Yeah, that's true. Let's move on to the NRL boys with the... Hackers. <laughs> How good's that music in the background of Gildy? I know. Sorry. Now we, now we can hear it. <laughs> good song. Good song. Yeah, no, nah, it isn't. I've asked them to turn it down. They even came outside and went, I don't think it's that loud. So I had to sort of have a semi-argument with them. But Really? Uh, yeah, not not an argument, but, hey, guys, how you going? Can you please send the music down? Yeah, okay, well, we'll just go and see how loud it is. I go, oh, no. It comes out. I don't think it's that loud. Go, oh, God. 
Right on. Like, okay, I'm, thank you. I'm doing a very important podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason they don't kill me is because you're in Victoria. It's Melbourne. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. Gross. Yeah. Um, boys, let's move on to the NRL with the Sideline Stories Round 6 recap. Tips for this week. Clarkie and I got three and Guilty, mate. You got five. Where does that put me? Does that does that does that take me over Clarkie yet? Nah. So Clarkie's still leading on thirty-four. You're on thirty-three, and I'm on twenty-nine, sitting pretty at the bottom. I just I'll just put this out there. If you guys want any help next week, just by all means, just ask me. I hope you're out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went with the Roosters. You were you were you got you guys you guys were you guys were um, starstruck by the young gun, and he lets us down. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Was that necessary? Or... <laughs> Boys, game one, Panthers 20 over the Broncos 12. This game leaves Penrith as the only undefeated team in the NRL. But you know what? They had a lot of work to get there. A lot of work. Mate, this was the, this was the best game I've seen this year, I reckon. I enjoyed it. Why do you say that? You had the um, – well, the Broncos forwards took it to them, like, Lodge and Pengai Jr. Were, were easily leading that um, Broncos forward pack, and they would they dominated the uh, they dominated the Penrith forward pack. I mean, the only Payne, reason Payne uh, Penrith, into that as well. Yeah, the only reason Penrith win in the end is they know how to win, and they've just got too much class all over the field. So they stuck around in the game, and then the classy players just sort of just sort of got them over the top. But you know, I, if the Broncos play like that every every week, they'll be a they'll be a they'll be a top eight team. That's how good they played. Mate, they 100%. And they stuck to that game plan of dominating the forwards with the pack they've got. They finally clicked into gear, the young Broncos pack anyway, or the baby Broncos forwards. And another thing they I noticed was that they kept bombing the ball to Brian Toto, utilising, you know, like yeah, pressure, that, pressuring they, him as well. True. And, you know... Um... I think um, I can't remember who did it last week, but the week before they did the same thing to Daniel Tupu. They just pick a winger and they just go for that guy. I guess the guy they don't want on the end of a move is the guy they go to first. So the ball moves to the other side of the field throughout that set. And mm. um, even though Brian Toa had a blinder and did a, a phenomenal amount of work, um, mate, he was he he didn't do anything up the other end. He did mm. all his work in his own half. That's right. But um. Yeah, look, like you said, I think the game was lost in the halves, despite the fact that Brody Croft actually had a really good game for, for once for the club. Uh, he had a great game. He did. He did. Um, yep. But the signs for yep. a Broncos rebuild is there. And, you know, with that forward Mate, pack, they just need... Sorry, Clarky. They just need to Van Gogh, They just need Pangai Jr. to play like that. Every, like, mate, he'll, he'll go missing now for a month. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, he's... He's a freak. He does it every year. He has these blinders, and you go, "This yeah. is the coming of Penguin Junior." And then all of a sudden, uh, four weeks later, you he know, he'll turn back up again. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, if they can measure his aggression and you know get their like stick to a game plan like that every week, like you said, boys, and anything could. It's only positive signs for them in the future, um, and yeah. you know their rebuild looks. Formidable if it's consistent. But um, on that note, with their young forwards, 
Brendan Piacura has re-signed with the club officially for three years on a $1.2 million contract. Confirmed this week. That's good for them because, you know, if, if they keep signing good players like that, they're on the up, the Broncos. As mm-hmm. long as they can put the effort in, they, they showed for Kevy. That type of the money, pit. though, is insane. Yeah, like it is. 1.2 for a kid that's never played. So it's, it's more than what Clemmer got. It's ridiculous. Lunacy. Yeah. Mm. I was just going to say, in that game, the, 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 the difference between those two forward packs, like I said before, Brisbane dominated, but Nathan Cleary was the difference. And there was two kicks he did. But just yeah. um, they went over the top of the backs, made the backs turn around, and that's the difference, the class difference. Well, it's funny. I was going to bring him up because he had – I thought he – his class showed in that game yet again. Um, he nabbed he, the second official two-point field goal in NRL history. And I've got to say, boys, you're probably going to freak out when I say it. I'm actually starting to enjoy that rule. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, I am too, especially with um, what Reynolds did, but we'll get to that. Like it's... That is a hard kick. It's very impressive to kick a 40-meter field goal under pressure in a clutch in the clutch environment and you know to win the game. Like that and that yeah. and that basically because that, that, that put them two points clear. Just I think it was just it's just a mental thing where it's, if if that was just one point, Broncos are probably still in it. Yeah, because they can get but, down the field and kick their own field goal. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel as though, and and I I like it as well. Then I, I think, um, yeah, if you're able to land a forty, which isn't by any means easy, um, yeah, you, I, you I like it. it and it basically, it, yeah, puts the and it and it won the game. And then the, the try after that was just semantics. Bit of yeah, a bit that, of yeah. icing. Yeah. And then, you know, Cleary, Cleary, or Jerome Luai created that for Cleary. But on Cleary, he also kicked an NRL record 810 kick metres. The record was broken. Yeah, there you go. That's that's the difference. Like, that's crazy. Like, he broke the previous record of 615, which was set by Anthony Milford three years ago. Anthony and he's done it by Milford. 200 metres. Over 200 metres. Yeah, that's crazy. He was really good. It's crazy that Anthony Milford had the previous record. Yeah. yeah. Gildy, what's our three two ones, bro? Three two ones, really close between all of them. We gave Lodge three. He was doing two hit ups per set. Cleary two, we've already explained it. And um TPJ uh, had a blinder, scored a great try in the corner. Um stripped stripped uh, a whole heap of ball off other players who are who are decent players as well. Blinder, great, great game. Hmm. Agreed. We'll move on to game two, boys. The Newcastle Knights, 26 over the Cronulla Sharks, 22. Let me say, if it was not for Kalen Ponga, the Knights do not win that game. It's as simple as that. Yeah, did he, true. Did, was, there, was there a try scored that he didn't score or set up? Um, he scored two and set up two. So what's that? For probably one. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, blinder. He, he, and mate, was, he was insane. And with what he had, he had a stomach bug or stomach cramps or something. He had gastro. Kalen, yeah, Kalen Pong is not exactly known for his toughness and his grit, but I, I think he showed that on he showed that on Friday night. Mate, he was classy last week against the Titans. He, I think he outplayed Brimson. 
Mm. And there again, the tries he scored weren't straight through easy tries. Like he's fighting, he's fighting through tackles, he's offloading in tackles. He's had a great game. And he breaks ankles every like he always gets the jump oh. on the guy that he that he's squared up against. He always gets them. He always breaks ankles on the inside shoulder or on their outside. He's, he, he steps off both feet. He's unbelievable. True. So he's a good young player. True. True. See, Talakai had an impressive return. Yeah, good boy. I love him. They need, they need him back to um, they need back him back to his twenty twenty form to make any kind of dent in this competition. Yeah, yeah people mm. forget you take nothing away from the Sharks are winning that game the whole time. Do you know what I mean? It's only at the end that the the Knights come back and win it. Yeah, that's, that's right. But like, yeah, you 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 plonk yeah. Ponga out of that side, and it's probably twenty two nil. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the Sharks had a lot of fight, yeah. but yeah, they just they just they don't ice games now. They don't do it anymore. Well, they're just missing. They're missing a good coach. Oh, <laughs> stick dagger in. <laughs> yeah, they, they haven't got a head coach really, do they? Far out. What about this one, boys? Yeah. Look, um, I think I think I think they played well. What about this one, boys? Um, breaking. It broke just before the recording. Uh, Will Chambers has officially signed with the Sharks for the remainder of the season. The 32-year-old comes from hey, wow. Japanese rugby. What are your thoughts on that? Mate, they've got um, Jesse Ramey on one side. I picked him as one of my top centres this year. Yeah, he hasn't showed it yet, but he's still a quality centre. Yeah, and on the other side, you've got Dugan. I don't, know how long, I don't know how long Dugan is injured for. But Dugan's is playing well. He's not the reason they're losing. Um, I mean, Connor, Connor Tracy's playing well when he fills in. Connor Tracy's playing well too. And they've also got... Does a job. Uh, Maweni Ma Harodi does a good job. Yeah, true. They've got another winger sent out. They bought... Well, he come Tyler. back from Union as well. No, he come back from Union. He was playing in North Queensland. I can't remember his name. Oh, Nene McDonald. Nene McDonald, yeah. They've got him as well. So, I don't know. I don't think that makes a difference. Sonny Will Chambers. He's just a solid player. He's another old player that the Sharks have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. What about that? Um, I, I listened to the game on. Um, I listened to the game on Triple M, and um, Peter Sterling was going on about Brody Jones, and I went back and watched the game. My God, that that kid was feeding him in everything. If there yeah. was a loose ball, a loose kick, every he dived on everything. Just those little one percent efforts. Mm. Like no wonder it was just like no wonder Sterlo was banging on about him all game. Oh, he was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a he's a football player. He he played very much like um Curran at the war in the Warriors game. We'll get to that. Yeah, hundred percent. Everything. Yeah. On that on that note, what are our three two ones, Guilty? Uh we got Ponga three, Brody Jones two, and Frizzell one. We'll move on, boys, to game three. The Melbourne Storm 20 over the Sydney Roosters 4. Now, Brett Morris was a late scratching due to a calf injury and was replaced by Ikevalu. And throughout the contest, the Roosters lost Hargraves and Tokiaho. But the main talking point from this game, boys, the HIA debate rages yet again. Now, the NRL is going to probe the Melbourne Storm for three incidents. One of them was major. The other two, one of them was, uh, and the other one, you know, I think it's clear. So I'll go through them with you. 
The first incident, Ryan Pappenhausen comes off for HIA after Josh Morris collides with him for an um, attempt at a try. Uh, Pappenhausen comes off and gets cleared after 13 minutes and returns. I've got no dramas with that. He took, he, he had the HIA assessment, uh, the right. HIA, sorry. Um, he was off for the allocated time and passed. No issues. Just now, just on that, I, I, I missed the start of the game. I know this is just a little bit off topic. I missed the start of the game. When I started watching it, Pappenhausen didn't play. And um, the Roosters have every opportunity to uh, take advantage of that fact, and they didn't. So. No, that's right. That's right. But in, like, how far after was it? I think it was seven minutes. So Pappenhausen's off at this point. Uh, in the 13th minute, Victor Radley gets in bin for a careless arm swing around the neck of Munster. Firstly, I wanted to ask, did you think it was a sin bin? Uh, yes. 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 Okay. That's fine, right? I'm happy with that. Happy with it being a sin bin. I know where you're going to I know, I know go with this later. Okay. But he comes off, right? He gets subbed off due to HIA. Can I, can I just say something on that? So when that happened, it looked like he was milking it to me. Yeah, right. And I got subbed off for HIA. He's he down on off, the ground. He comes off for HIA. He, he came off. You reckon he? Do you reckon he's milking it, mate? Yeah, I reckon one hundred percent. His body goes stiff mid fall. Nah, he's nah. Yeah. If he's mate, if I he's, look, he's milking look, it. He's milking look, it for the penalty. If he's fucking milking that, he's he's a fucking he's a Academy Award wing actor. But this is the problem. Well, he could this be the best player in the world. This is the problem, he, right? He he was fucking concussed. Oh, I reckon all 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 fucking three of them were concussed. It fucking drove me insane. This is why all, n- not one of those players should have come back on the field. Now, now you got Clarky triggered because he's angry. This is this is what this is my take on it. Right, he comes off for a soft Solomona. Thirty seconds later, Munster comes back on and replaces Christian Welch as a free interchange. Now, this is where it gets. This is where it, it, it should piss everyone off. The NRL rule book states a free interchange, free interchange is allowed if a player is fouled and injured by another player who was either sent off, sin binned, or placed on report. It only applies when the injured player is immediately replaced. However, the interchange is countered should the injured, injured player be dealing with injuries other than concussion. So what the Storm have done is they said... Oh, he's concussed. So he comes off for free because yep. Riley got sin binned. But okay. what the Storm did and publicly admitted is they subbed Munster for these concussion-related symptoms, cleared him in 30 seconds, and ultimately found the loophole in the system and used it tactically. They said that. in Like Frank okay. Panisi, the CEO, says that. Okay. It, but in saying that, whose fault is that? Is that the Storm's fault or is that the NRL's fault for not finding... That you could do that. Well, hold on. Oh, no, if you're, see, if you're I, coming I off for I HIA assessment, you need to be off for the ten to fifteen minutes. But they said they, they said they've checked him. They went, actually, he's all good. Yeah, he was all good. He was faking it after twenty-seven seconds. But that's ridiculous. That's that's where it's ridiculous. Look, and yeah, I've got no drama with Munster staying right. on the field because, in my opinion, I don't think he looked like he had HIA. Symptoms. You can't. You don't think he looked like he had HIA symptoms? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I honestly don't, Clarky. I don't. Him, I think him he faked, laying on the I ground. Think he was like, faking it. Yep. Yeah, but when, was yeah, it. but 
Yeah, but whether he's faking it or not, he's showing signs of concussion. Yeah, okay. if, yeah. If that's the if that's if that's what you think, Clark, so then if that's he lay, fine. If he, if he, but if he lays on the ground motionless, like that's a sign of concussion. Yeah, that's right. So, that's so right. what are you saying, Clarky, that he shouldn't have come back on in the twenty-seven seconds, though? Do you know what no, I mean? no, he needs to yes. go off for 10, 10 to fifteen. Well, what, 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 what me and Dan, what me and Dan are saying, it doesn't matter. That's what he went off for. So he should be off for the ten fifteen. So yeah. whether he's concussed or not, he should be off for the ten fifteen minutes. Exactly right. Yeah, correct, correct, and. That's the drama, is that the Storm have proven yet again that they are the masters of bending the rules. That, that's they, But they given. don't bend the rules. They fucking break them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, think, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that they can be criticised for this particular instance because that's the rule. If there's a, there's a, if there's a loophole, but people that's use a loophole. But, but they haven't... You, they haven't he has to be off for ten minutes. He was off for twenty-seven seconds. Yeah, but that's who's 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 um who's responsible for keeping them off? Surely there's got to be some sort of official that goes, "Sorry, you've been coming what? for uh, HIA. You must be off for ten to 15. And yeah. what's that official going to do? Tackle Cameron Munster to the ground when he tries to run back on the field? No, he can tell. He can tell the referee that Cameron Munster's got to come off. Yeah, and mm. I don't. I don't like this. I don't like this terminology of saying bending the rules. They haven't bent the rules. They're fucking broken them, and it's going to be proven tomorrow when they get fined. Well, that's I'll oh, get in, I'll know. get into the fine. I will get into that because that's that's grounded. I don't my think gears. they'll get fined for that. I don't think they'll get fined for that. Well, which one are they going to get fined? I'll I'll tell you what they'll yeah, get fined for. Right? Great thing. Yeah, I'll get into well, that. I should now, get fined right? for the fucking Ryan Pappenhausen one as well because Ryan Pappenhausen was clearly clearly concussed and should never been allowed back on the field. Like like I said, I didn't see that one, so I can't comment. Well, that's the thing. Like with the Pappenhausen one, he he got assessed at least, and they've cleared him. That's yeah. whatever they've done yeah, to clear him is what they've done. But he was he, off for a long time. He was off for 13 so, minutes. So yeah. He was off for his allocated, I guess, allocated time. But going into Harry Grant's incident. Now, this was in the 66th minute, I think. Harry Grant gets a head knock, uh, collides with uh, James Tedesco, and Harry Grant comes on second best. Grant laid there motionless. He gets back up momentarily. And plays on for another 10 to 15 minutes and subsequently scores and sets up a try. So he has a hand in two tries. Under NRL rules, and this is what Clarkie said, any player who exhibits clear signs of motor incoordination or possible motor incoordination must be removed from the field immediately. My question here, should the Storm get fined like the Bulldogs did? Yeah, they the answer, should, but not just like the Bulldogs. They should get they should get fined more. The answer is yes, they should get fined. And here's to, a question yeah. to Gildy's point more than the Bulldogs. It should be yeah, 10 you know times what? This, more. Is the other, this is the other thing, though, Dan. Who cares? It's just money. They should um, discipline them some other way. Lose the points. Do you know what I mean? Lose their yeah, lose. Mate, maybe, not, maybe not points, but in a way that disadvantages them. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, with regards to paying money, yeah, okay, just say it is 20 times. That will the storm paid the 20 times and they go on playing like they play. That makes no difference. Hmm. Look, either way, this is this is what's pissed me off about it, right? This is the Bulldogs incident. So against the Rabbitohs, Lachlan Lewis stayed on the field for another set, a defensive set, after he was clearly knocked out. The Bulldogs kept him on the field and they they hooked him and he failed the HIA. The NRL said that the Bulldogs kept him on the field to 
um, view his symptoms. They've done so through surveillance and then they hooked him. So they gave him a lenient penalty of 20 grand, essentially. So in Melbourne's case, like I said, if there's no leniency, like Harry Grant was heavily involved in two tries. So he was a tactical option. Lachlan Lewis was, was, was not a tactical option for the Bulldogs. He came off within two minutes. Harry Grant was so I know you've done a lot of, you, you've done a lot of research into this, Dan. I've read everything um, you wrote to me and Clarkey. Mm-hmm. So apparently, obviously, Lachlan Lewis wasn't involved in any of the plays in that two-minute period. No. And the Bulldogs were actively looking at him throughout yeah. throughout that time period to see if he should come off and made a determination to come off and still got fined, mm-hmm. where the Storm didn't do any of that. So no. they, 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 I, They've I, kept I, him I on because they wanted to win the game. That's cheating. That's cheating, and they should be punished because of that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 not be- – they're not bending – that's not bending the rules, what they did with the – they mean you watched it, and I even said to you on the night, like – He's concussed. They need to take him off. Why is he yeah, still Harry on the Grant. field? Yeah, the Harry Grant thing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agreed with you. Absolutely. He was concussed. Mate, he was down on the ground. And see, hmm. that's the difference. Cameron Smith's down on the ground. I look at Cameron Smith when he gets up and go, oh, no, he's doing that up for a penalty. Where Harry hmm. Grant gets up and Harry Grant's still all over the shop. Yeah. And it's it's not bending the rules. It's fucking breaking them. And I don't know. And I, I brought it up with my mates the other night. And they're just like, well, but how are you going to stop it? Because... Once it gets to the business end of the season, they're just going to do it on purpose because who cares if you get a fifty thousand dollar or a hundred thousand dollar fine if you win a premiership? Mm. And I don't know how I don't know what they're going to do to I don't know how they can stamp it out. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's why I think the penalty should be more just a fine, more than just a fine. Yeah, yeah, that's and, and the other thing that shits me about Melbourne is that. They come out and they brag about it. Well, yeah, and then like they I said, and then and then everyone and then everyone cries poor poppy syndrome when they hate Cameron Smith and hate Melbourne Storm. It's like no, because you're a pack of fucking cheaters. Hey, give us our grand finals back. No, but you cheated. Give us our grand finals back. Yeah, I hate, I hate Melbourne anyway. <laughs> everyone does. Everyone yeah. does. Well, after that lovely cordial conversation. Guilty, our three, two, ones. All right. Even though he was knocked out, Harry Grant, three points. Mm-hmm. Jerome Hughes played his best game of the season, two, two. Yep. He was backing up everything. And again, Pappenhausen, even though he's knocked out, he got one. Oh, we actually didn't speak about the Roosters, but yeah, they they just weren't in oh, the mate, game. They were, they. Team one, they were dominated. The halves did nothing. Last week, uh, uh, Walker got all those a- a- accolades. Mate, really, he was only busy for the last 11 minutes. Really, he was only busy in the la- in the 20 metres, the attacking 20. Mate, if you don't let him get there, he can't do anything. Mm. Hutchinson wasn't very good. No, um, he's he's the game manager in general field play. Mate, and I don't think even having any of their superstars firing would have made that much of a difference, especially when they're go forward like... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jared Ware Hargraves. And who's the other prop that got uh, shoulder injury? Takiyaho. Takiyaho. And, and, mate, it doesn't help when they go off either because they just lose their go forward. Mm. So. And, mate, we didn't actually talk about the game because it was a bludger of a game. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was 40, 40 minutes of it was half decent. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, we even said that. There was so much drop ball. Anyway. Okay, boys, let's move on to game four. Manly Seagulls, 36 over the Titans, zero. The game was over at half time. 100%. I mean, if you think um, Ponga outplayed Brimson, well, Turbo really outplayed Brimson. So. Oh, far out. Like- he, he, car- he carved up, mate. He's the difference. Hey, crazy. Yeah, I, I, I thought he'd take a couple of weeks to get back into it, but mate, the lines he runs, the passes he he had a blinder. Mate, he's got he's he he is he's the complete package, and that's why me and Dan said he was worth a million dollars last week, and you disagreed. I only said he wasn't worth a million because of his injuries. I think he's awesome. I think yeah. I've actually said yeah. before that I think pre-injury he's probably the best fullback in the comp. Yeah, you have said that. Yeah. But like, honestly, did Des has to sit down and go, "All right, boys, the best player in the game, one of the best players in the game, is back. Just give him the ball." That's the game plan. Do you know what's what's funny? It didn't it? It didn't. It didn't really say. It didn't. I don't know. It didn't really seem like that. I don't know. Uh, you know it what? Just, it didn't. You know what? Every time he touched, he's just got golden touch, man. He's, he's so just cool. class above everyone else. Right. And he just, right. like right. I said, the swerve. It's the conf- it's it's the confidence he gives the team. It's the it's obviously his organisation in defence. Like they didn't score oh. a try. Hey, what do you think about this? Um, do you feel a bit sorry for Jake? Jake's what? there the whole Jovovich. opening couple of weeks. He's screaming at the players. He's pleading with the players. Come with me, boys. Come with me. His brother turns back up, and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Mate, for me, the biggest signs for Turbo was obviously how he just makes – he gives the rest of the team confidence. But there was a point where Turbo makes a break. He looks up. He sees AJ Brimson, a current origin player, and backs Laughed himself him. and beats him for speed and strength and just made him look made him look second rate, to be honest. Mate, he, he was laughing or he's smiling. And, and not only really that – there was another try where he sees AJ again. He goes, you might get me this time, mate, but we've got Saab on the inside. <laughs> Try and catch yeah. this bloke. No yeah. way. Seriously, we put the mocker on AJ Brimson. We talked him up and then two weeks in a row, Ponga and now Trebojevic just pumped him. <laughs> mate, I think, I, think, I think Ponga and Brimson were close. I think, I think this one wasn't close. No, yeah. 36-0 says it all. Uh, but not to mention the manly forwards dominated, like Josh Alloway and... Taniela Paseca, even um, Josh Schuster, they all they all killed it. They made 100-plus metres each. Um, well, man, that's why they bought that LOA. They, they spent good money on him, rip him away from the Tigers. Mm. He, he, he's meant to do that every week. Yeah. And then there and were, there's the, the other thing as well, um, we've been asking for a couple of weeks now what, what's going on with Kieran Foran, and well, he just needed his he just needed Tommy Turbo at the back there and it's just unlocked him. 100%. I guess when the game's open like that, yeah. Mate, we, we spoke up the Manly forwards. On the other hand, their forwards, the Titans ones, they got absolutely ambushed. The whole team really got ambushed. They had nothing, no answers. If they had field position, no answers. They had zero in that game. They were really, Mate, really, you know, really bad. They shut down Peachy, so Peachy wasn't a factor. I still think um, Fafita played well. Um, Dave Fafita got, a, I think, 150-plus metres. But then, uh, on, on the other hand, Tino gets, I think, 40-something. Yeah. 
Like that's Mate, crazy. What I mean, yeah. Mm. I guess when you're paying that much money, you want 150 meters at least. And I mean, that just shows you he's making effort in a beaten side. The funny thing about the Titans is I thought they were above this. I thought they were more of a final eight side. And when they go up, down, up, down, up, down, like they've been doing, you just think, oh, maybe they're not there yet. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're still in that middle, that middle, um, that middle tier. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. what, that's what they're in. But yeah. Guilty. What's our three, two ones for that one? Uh, we got Turbo three, obviously four and two, and Josh Alloy one. Right. On Turbo, did I say the, did I say the name right? Alloy. Josh Alloy, yeah, you did. Alloy, you're getting better. Um, on Turbo, um, just before we move on, one try, two try assists, two hundred plus meters. Just you probably got that in the first half alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You probably did. Crazy, incredible, boys. Game five, the. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 18 over the West's Tigers, 14. Let me say from the outset, Clarkie, that Latrell Mitchell is the biggest grub, a eh? straight out. Don't understand how the NRL judges gave him three points because that from what he did in that game, the three things he did yeah. in that game, as in like illegal things, rubs him out for, th- for any points. Ridiculous. Well, mate. The I, I don't know whether it's officially supposed to be this anymore, but the Dally M, or at least used to be the best and fairest. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't have a game like he had and actually qualify to get any points whatsoever. Can, can I ask a question, right? With regards to when he hit, um, when he pulled his foot out of, um, uh, what's the blonde second row of the Tigers name? Luke Garner. Uh, Luke Garner. When he pulled, I mean, I, I, did you think he kicked out? I don't think he was just pulling his boot out. I don't no. think it was a kick no, out. He, he kicked, kicked, kicked out. out. Yeah, for sure. I, I think out. the I think the elbow in the head. That's a definite. Well, well, well it, mate, yeah, yeah. What to be perfectly honest, and mate, I'm, hopefully this comes with some kind of weight behind it because obviously I'm a South supporter, but he shouldn't be on the field to do the boot to the face because um, that. Elbow slash forearm to the head of is it David Nofaluma? That was a send off in my book. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's if Jack Hetherington, if that's I, I think that's more of a send off than Jack Hetherington. Like I was gonna like seriously, like I'm gonna blow up Deluxe when we get up to, to Jack Hetherington in the Bulldogs game. But the thing is, that was the first incident, and you're hundred percent correct, Clarky. That one happened first. The other two shouldn't have happened because he should have been off the field. The drama with the other two that were both on Lugana, one being the kick out to the face, the referee on field, nor the linesman, pinged him for it. That was the match review committee pinging him for those. And to, to, yeah. and, and to make it worse, he got put on report for the, for the late intentional elbow to Nofaluma's head. On report, not sin binned, not... Not send off, <laughs> not a send off from North Sydney. Sorry, it's just oh man. And like, that's and that's I th- it's and this is what this what gets the fans annoyed because I don't think anyone's disagreeing with Jack Hetherington's send off. They're just asking what fairness. Where why isn't Luttrell's? Why isn't this? Why isn't that a send off? Sorry, Clarky. I was just going to say, how long do you reckon you'll get? How long do you reckon you'll get? Um, What's the what's the penalty? Like obviously there's a few incidents. They've got to combine well, mate, them. 
my Ben Arkin reckons he's going to get off. Oh, ben Arkin they reckons, all go in their head. Ben and doesn't he have a bit of a history? Ben Arkin reckons he's going to downgrade them all and he's going to get fined for them all. That is ridiculous. A, oh, I'm going to have to change my super coach. I thought he was gone. I brought Turbo in. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, that no, that, yeah. that oh, seriously, that is ridiculous. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll bring it up later because I, I. I'm gonna blow up the Lux. Seriously, I'll bring it up later. On the actual match itself, Clarky with the bloody prediction. Well, I'm gonna say <laughs> technically. Technically, I'm, my prediction was right because at the end of the 80 minutes, it was a draw. Yeah. Yeah, that's a massive, and, massive tip. And what about when Clarky said, oh, you know, one week, one year, one year, one year, and I go, yeah, 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 whatever, mate. I've got Latrell as my, my captain. Yeah, yeah sorry, mate, too. you were right, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's just this weird thing between South and West. It doesn't – it defies all logic. But – um. That's finished. That that well before we even get to that, Adam Reynolds kicks another two point field yeah, goal. Yeah, my and boy. It's, and it's another with the with the Penrith one. I was kind of like, oh, do I like it with with the with Adam Reynolds as one? Um, it converted me to being a massive fan of the two point field goal. Yeah. Wait, did he kick two? Did he kick two two point field goals or just one in this? He's kicked two in a row <laughs> for two weeks in a row. So one in that game. Yeah. But just one in that game? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And you know what, mate? The the bloke kicks, you know, a 43-meter field goal, and then he gets a penalty goal virtually in front of the posts after it to win the game and misses. The guy's the best kicker in the game. Well, one of them anyway. And he missed, yeah, the, he was... missed a penalty goal. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre. But um... to your point, Clarky, that... Like the match itself was cr- was cracker, but the golden point period never seen anything like it ever. Well, it wasn't a it wasn't a field goalathon. That's that's what everyone. It's if you don't like golden point, it's because of the constant field goal kicking. Mm. That is one factor. But um, but that was good. That was poor Madge. Poor Madge in the box. I've yeah. up. He's a premiership winning coach for, for South City Rabbitohs. And so to watch that as a Rabbitohs fan, that was heartbreaking. Now for those for those that are listening that didn't actually see the ending, the Rabbitohs got the ball off the kickoff. They got a set restart and, you know, made their way up the field. On fourth or fifth, I don't remember, Clark, he was fourth or fifth. Tom Burgess gets the ball from first receiver, dummies and runs through, breaks the line. Gets tackled by Dane Laurie to slow him down. Burgess leans over under the posts and grounds it. But the camera, for, so for us, the, the viewer, the camera didn't stay on, on Tom Burgess. So all we saw was after he'd, he'd put the ball down, Luke Brooks has run 100 metres and scored a try on the opposite end. And then the ref gives the try to the Tigers. But then the bunker reviews it and obviously definite try though yeah it's a try 100 but like those circumstances were just so dramatic that you know it was exciting to anyone watching that even the casual viewer yeah yeah huge call um 
like huge call from the ref. Like that was good, good thinking on the spot. Like that was a spur of the moment. He was about to blow the whistle for um, Tom Burgess and mm. then pulled it out to let it play on. That was that was awesome. Yeah, otherwise, it was. it's otherwise it's nowhere near as exciting. We're not probably not even talking about it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. But on that, boys, our three, two, ones. Dewey three. Um, in a losing side. Cameron Murray two. Tom Burgess one. Moving forward to game six to Guilty's delight, the Parramatta Eels thirty-five over the Canberra Raiders ten. After watching that game. I'm going to repeat myself like I did in episode nine. Isaiah Papali'i is officially the most underrated buy of the year. Made his first try where he barreled over Josh Papali like he wasn't the Dalliem prop of the year. It just it was ridiculous. You could tell that the guy's in his element. The guy is awesome. And to boot, it makes it his third consecutive try in as many games. So Mate, I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether he's underrated. Like I'm most of the um most of the shows that I've been watching are all like they're all talking about him. Did you see yeah, well, the article? Why didn't, why didn't the Warriors want him though? You got rookie of the did year you, for the Warriors. Mate, did you see the article that come out today? How much you guys have signed him for? Not no idea. What is it? Like it's done, he's, next he's, to nothing, I'm sure. He's paying a Parramatta this year for 150000 Really? Yeah, well, only one That's year. It. I'm not sure. I'd... I hope we got him for three. That's... Didn't he come That's... over on a training That's... trial? Yeah, I don't oh, know. What it... That's that's absurd. Like, like they're talking about how he's like they're talking about him being the the bargain priced um, buy of the year. I don't mean at the moment. I don't think he's that. I think he's just the buy of the year. Full stop. Well, what are you paying? What's he worth? If you if you pay him, what he's worth? Six hundred? Five? Five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a five hundred thousand dollar player. Easy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah, he if... then goes to the bench when Madison's back, then you're not paying him five. Mate, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he'll stay as a starter. Far out. Maybe you put Nathan Brown. Mate, on the just bench. one more thing. One. Uh, no, you can't do that either because he brings the leg speed. Mate, one more thing that um was good in that game was that uh, a young prop called um, Wiramu. Oh, Greg. Uh, Greg. Oh, yeah. Came on. Played about Cowboys. 15 minutes. Yeah, he's the biggest thing I've seen since Nelson. Let's hope he's a bit better than Nelson. Oh, yeah. It won't be, <laughs> it won't be a big pillar like Nelson, will he? Um, for the Canberra Raiders, boys, I'll say this. Now, you can agree or disagree with this one, but this is what yeah. I think. I reckon their attack is stifled with Josh Hodgson, eh? Like, his game hasn't improved since he's come here. It's actually got going backwards, and he's not really consistent at all. I, and I think that comes down to him being injured. I think they're playing him injured because he's not good anymore, really. Mate, he's still yeah. in everything. I think he's. I think he's still good. Well, I think that's. I think that's what the experts are saying, Gilly. I think that's the same. That's the problem that he is in everything and you've got you've got the great britain halfback and a good chance it's going to be the origin 5-8 playing in your halves and he's not giving him the ball mm-hmm. he's he's given him late he's he'll scoot out of he'll scoot out a dummy half and then give him 
ball under pressure rather than just give him fucking crisp ball. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, fair enough. So, they they went well with um without him. They used those two those two other hookers last year. Well, so yeah. yeah. I don't know what you do. Because mate, when he remember that first year that he came out here, everyone was like, Jesus Christ, this Josh Hodgson guy. Like because he because when he came over here, he wasn't really that well credentialed. No, he wasn't. I don't think he was a rep. He wasn't even a rep in England. And it was look at this guy, he's the second best hooker to um Cameron Smith, and it was hard to argue that. And yeah, you just they need to figure something out, Canberra, because something something's not right. Well, how's this one, boys? Hudson Young let in four of Parramatta's tries. He was yeah, he's been playing good. He's been playing good though before that. Oh, but that he didn't play a great game. Right. Four tries. That's awful. Yeah. It's really bad. But yeah, no, no doubt, Clarky, they need to they need to do something because when you get stuck in these sort of lulls and losing periods, mate, it's hard to get out of them. Look at the Bulldogs. Um, Guilty, our three, two, ones, please. We've got uh, Papa Lee got three, Moses got two, and Gutho got one. Mate, how good was Mitchell Moses? Yeah, he's, when the four pack goes forward, he plays awesome. Oh, he just, he just, he looked like a premier halfback in that game. Put it that way, and it wasn't against the shit kicker side either. Canberra, a good team. Oh, he didn't have um, Dylan Brown playing on his other side. He had Will Smith, so I think he took a little more ball even than usual. Moving on to Game Seven, boys. The New Zealand Warriors twenty over the Dragons fourteen. Clarky again with the smoky smoke. Mm. Yeah, I didn't pick him though. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, you on three, bro? Um... There's obviously a, um, a few varying stats coming out, but let's just call it the one that I saw. I think it was from NRL.com. Yeah, 100% completion 100% completion rate by the Warriors for the entire 80 minutes. First time ever in NRL history. By Is the that way. right? It's absolute ludicrous. Yeah. Like, yeah wow. It's just, it's still baffling me. But, um, yeah, mate, I watched the first half before I had to go do something. Mate, Tohu Harris, they moved him, they moved him to prop, prop block, whatever you like. He played stuff. lock, yeah, he played lock. Yeah, but, mate, he was in absolutely everything. If, if the Dragons had a forced, a forced error, Tohu Harris's head popped up because he's the one who made the tackle. Every time he ran the ball, he bent the line back. He was... He's he was mad. incredible. He's mad. Along I thought, thought Karen Karen was good. Yeah, Karen was good. Oh, 100, yeah. Mate, I've never even heard of the black before. Where, Where's he, he from? from? Josh Curran is a Blacktown Patrician Brothers junior. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's played a couple of games for the Indigenous All-Stars. So, yeah, there you go. He's 21 years old. So he's still got a long career in front of him. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, along with those two boys, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, my favourite player, by the way, and I'm still pissed off he's leaving. He was just as involved as Tohu Harris was. And Josh. Oh, if not more. Mate, he is just a... He is such a leader. That's probably the best word. Because 
he can do it all. He can attack, he can defend, he's the quickest player on the field, plays with heart. Mate, love him. Absolutely love him. You know, one but, thing I picked up, the, um, you know, when you talk about your, the best players in the game and he, obviously it got brought up with Tom Trebojevic, it's like he makes other players around him better. It's the one, it's probably the one knock on RTS. It's like, he tries hard every week and he's as, and I'm as big a fan as you are, Dan, but he just doesn't seem to make players around him better. So yeah, it doesn't. Funny, it's funny the 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 Warriors team as a whole, um, and I said this last week too, actually, they will adjust their gameplay to the momentum of the team that they are playing. So when they played Manly, who were shit at the time, they played shit. And they play the Dragons, who were on a on a bloody four game winning streak, and they're like, "Oh, okay, let's play like we're on a four game winning streak." Oh, they're, they're, they're so hard to pick. The typical Warriors style of play, but that is the fifth game that they have won against the Dragons in a row, and it's the longest winning streak, the longest active winning streak against any team at the moment. They've last lost to the Dragons. In 2017. So that's a pretty cool stat there. Guilty, what's our three, two, ones for that one, bro? Okay, we've got uh, RTS has got three, Toe has got two, and Curran got one. The three players we spoke about, 100%. Boys, our final game of the round the North Queensland Cowboys 30 over the Bulldogs 18. A bludger of a game. Very, um, well, it wasn't a bludger second half after the send-off, but, mate, there was a billion mistakes. Um, Cowboys on a two-win a two, a two streak now with the Bulldogs still winless in 2021, which upset me. Can I be brutally honest, yes. Dan? I didn't watch this game, mate. I got no idea what happened other than the score. Yeah, well, look, the the first half, it was 6-all. It shouldn't have been 6-all. Um the Cowboys should have probably gotten another two tries on them at least. The forwards just dominated our pack. Um, we disrespected the ball, but the Cowboys did relatively the same. So it was a very scrappy game in the first half. Um, Tom Alolo was ruled out. He broke his other hand apparently. And Josh Jackson was ruled out for the first time in his career through injury. So that was pretty, um, pretty shit for him. But... The main point out of this game is Jack Hetherington getting sent off for his clothesline on Valentine Holmes. Now, Andrew Voss called called it on on the commentary. Not that you would know, Guilty, because you're a Fox Sports um, hater. But um, oh, I've been watching Fox. I've got KO now. Hey, he's converted. <laughs> but um, he said on commentary that it's a send off all day. But where is the consistency? Now, we spoke about it earlier. You've got Latrell Mitchell elbowing Nofaluma in the head. He gets put on report. You've got Victor Radley carelessly clotheslining Munster, and he gets sin-binned. All these incidents were similar. So what's the solution? What do you think it is? Mate, I, th- I, th- I think, man, I-, I saw the highlights, and Heather- Hetherington's looked the worst by a mile. I know, I know there's inconsistency, but it's and like Voss is 100 percent right. It's um, it's a it's a send off, but but it wasn't as bad as Victor Radley's, mate. You thought Victor Radley's was worse? 
No, I thought Hetherington's was the worst by a mile. Okay. It's not as bad as Latrell's, though, because at least the thing with Jack Hetherington is... Yeah, he was Jack making a tackle. Jack Hetherington's making the tackle. Latrell's just yeah. throwing yeah, his true. elbow at someone's head. True. It just, it just looked bad, man, because it got him right around the chin. Look, the solution, in my opinion, is maybe they need to take a leaflet out of Rugby Union's book and blanket ban all this dirty shit. Like, whether it's intentional, intentional or not, they have this like stance on you know anything that's untoward in the game. Did uh, Dallin Watin Zelezniak? His head high was similar. Did he get sent off? He got sin bin. Okay, yeah. that's it's the same tackle, right? So they that 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 that's where the issue is. Well, look, look, whether you sin bin or you send off. I would prefer they use those two than putting someone on report like Latrell Mitchells. That's where the issue lies for me. They need to start not being scared of using it for dirty shit, just like rugby union. Yeah. And they use it a lot more stringently and frequently than rugby league does. And it's a good thing because it becomes a deterrent for these players to stop doing stupid shit. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I'm good. Hard to argue. Yep. But anyway, look, the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs um, only piped up after they had that send-off. But I don't know why it takes that to click in the gear. I know teams do step up because they need to, but man, you know, I, I don't know where I don't know where they go from from here. They need to they need to just muscle up in 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 their forward pack. Yeah, it's hard. They're hard to watch, man. They're very hard to watch. They're frustrating as hell. Yeah. Are they the worst team in the comp, Dan? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They, they haven't improved in six weeks. And I always said they need eight weeks. And, you know, that, that's because I truly believe this is their first year to rebuild. I just don't think any Bulldog supporter in their right frame of mind thought it was going to be this bad at the start. I don't even think the Bulldogs players thought it was going to be this bad. You know? Yeah. But anyway... The three two ones for that one, guilty, please. Three two ones are uh, Jake Granville three, Molo two, and Robson one. Can I say one more thing on this? Not really the game, but I saw some footage of Tao Malolo, and he's had one broken hand and now another broken hand. Right? Mm-hmm. Can't can't he use a running machine? Because he looks fat. Mm. He looks Do- terrible, mate. Mate, someone said to me they reckon he's play- he's probably breaking his hands on purpose because he doesn't like Todd Payton. Well, wouldn't you be breaking his hands on Todd Payton's face? <laughs> he has. I don't know. Uh, but if, if what you're saying is true, then that's not good for them. Mate, maybe he's... Mate, he looks, he looks terrible. He looks terrible. Mate, maybe he's kicking rocks. And, and, yeah, Horrible. All right, Clarky. let's get into the round seven preview. Our boy Gildy is uh, momentarily out for this one, but he's given us his tips, so we'll share them with the listeners once we go through the team lists for this week. Now, the Thursday game at Bluebet Stadium, the first-place Panthers up against the 10th-place Knights. For the Panthers, no changes with Dylan Edwards and Appy Coruscant named in the reserves, so a possibility of them being named this week, but more likely in round eight. 
For the Newcastle Knights, Heimel Hunt is out with Stafford Toa replacing him and Brody Jones reverting to the bench. Clarkie, what do you make of this game? Who you got? Well, it's interesting that Appy Corosau and Dylan Edwards have been named in the reserves. They're obviously not going to play, but they obviously can't be too far off. That's an, that's I'd be you'd be getting pretty excited if you're a Panthers fan. Hundred percent. You can't go past the Panthers. They're just they're red hot at the moment. Obviously, they they had a bit of a sixty minute slip up against the Broncos when they put it to them, but um, yeah. They'll need to. They'll need to start strong. If they if they start like they did against the Broncos, they might be in some trouble. But they'll be too good for the too good for the Knights. Oh, 100 percent. And with it being in Penrith as well, um, and yeah, the way that Newcastle have played the last two weeks, they're they're in all sorts. They're relying heavily on Caelan Ponga uh, against the Titans. They were and they got pumped. And then against the Sharks, they just they they just pipped them right at the end, and four tries uh, involved Kalen Ponga. So you know they're still without Mitchell Pearce. So Penrith Panthers, uh, the Panthers will go seven from seven with this one. And our boy Guilty has also picked Penrith Panthers, but he can't give his opinion, the opinionated uh, old man, because uh, he's not here. <laughs> we'll move on to the. Friday, 6 p.m. game at Seabus Super Stadium. The seventh-place Titans up against the second-place Rabbitohs. For the Titans, Tino Fa'asur Malawi has been suspended for two games for a shoulder charge. Moe Fodawaka replaces him in the prop position. Anthony Don returns to the wing with Jonas Pearson dropped. And, boy, he had a shocker against Manly. The Rabbitohs... Uh, for the Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell is suspended for four matches pending his judiciary hearing, which is tonight. So it may be downgraded to a one-week suspension. So that's the best case scenario for him. Alex Johnston replaces him at fullback with Jackson Paulo to Alex Johnston's wing. Josh Mansell on the other wing is out for four weeks due to a hamstring injury with Dane Gagar, Dane Gagar replacing him and Stephen Masters in the centres. It'll be interesting to see how um, South step up for this because we've pretty much named one to seventeen every game so far. It'll be interesting to see how we play without um, Latrell at the back. Obviously, AJ's filled in there. He's probably played fifty games at fullback, but mm. yeah, he's just he's not the same beast as Latrell. But they yeah. won't skip it. It'll be yeah. May the Titans just, and I'm also a little bit worried about the bounce back factor with the Titans have had. Yeah, look, I'm tipping Souths as is guilty, but um, yeah, you bring up a good point there because the Titans are shaping to be one of those really like red hot slash ice cold teams. So they might turn up, um, particularly with the game being in the Gold Coast. But yeah, Tino's out as well. You know. No, it definitely doesn't help. No. So, yeah. Is this Sam McIntyre's first game for the Titans? Moving over from the Tigers? Oh, yeah, it is too. Yes. I think it is. Yeah. He's yeah, a, sorry. He's, I, I didn't a, mention him. He was, um, he's on the bench. A, he'll add a bit of mongrel. Yeah, he will. Um, yeah. yeah, but I just, yeah, I think Rabbits will, will win 
relatively com- comfortably, particularly as well. They they didn't have a crash hot game against the Tigers, so you know. Yeah, true. Yeah. We should win. Yeah. The Friday 8 p.m. game at TIO Stadium in Darwin, the third placed Eels up against the 14th placed Broncos. For the Eels, Dylan Brown returns from suspension with Will Smith dropping out of the squad. Ryan Madison, to your delight, Clarkie, has finally been named in the reserves due to his four weeks of being named and then drops due to HIA. So um, only one change for the Eels there. For the Broncos, Herbie Farmworth returns in the centres with Jesse Arthurs dropping out of the squad. Broncos' new signing, Danny Levi, will make his debut for the club off the bench with John Asiata dropping out altogether. Danny Levi comes from the feeder, uh, the Broncos feeder club, North Sevils. So pretty pretty handy pickup for them, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he can offer. Like, yeah, Jake Turvin, he, it's his opportunity now. Like they've got rid of Andrew McCulloch and he's just he hasn't really stepped up, but no. neither has anyone else really. Um, you, you said Will Smith dropped out of the squad. He's, he's on the bench. Oh, yeah, my fault. He is on the bench. Yeah. And um yeah, and Gildy's boy Ramu Greg. Yeah. He's he's on the bench again. Parrish should Parrish should win this and should win it comfortably, really. Gildy's obviously tipping the Eels. He's a Paris supporter after all, and I am going with the Eels too, despite the game being in Darwin. Um yeah, i to be honest with you, I thought last week Penrith were gonna towel him up by 30. I think it's gonna happen this week. Isaiah Papali'i is just ripping up and it's allowing the backs to play their game. And, yeah, I think they'll pump them. But we'll wait and see, eh? I've been proven wrong before. The Saturday 5.30 p.m. game at Net Strata Jubilee Stadium, the 11th-placed Sharks up against the last-placed Canterbury Bulldogs. For the Sharks... Sean Johnson has been named on the bench. He's long-awaited return from an Achilles injury. And new recruit Will Chambers has been named in their reserves lineup. Josh Dugan returns to the centres. Teague Wilton to the second row and Jack Williams to the bench. Aidan Tolman is suspended for one match due to a shoulder charge. For the Canterbury Bulldogs, a few changes for them as well. Dylan Napa and um, Luke Thompson named at the 8 and 10 for props. Jack Hetherington has been suspended for five matches due to his dangerous swinging arm and send-off against the Cowboys. Chris Smith named in the second row. Corey Waddell moves to lock. Bradley Dietz, Sia uh, Manafanai and Matt Dury are named on the bench with Jackson Tapine and Ofahiki. Ogden dropped. Sean Johnson returning for the Sharks here. Clarkie is massive, isn't it? Mate, it'll be very interesting to see how he can bounce back from that because obviously he's all about, he's all energy and and agility. So <clears throat> just see if he can, how much that'll hamper him. Um, what do you make of the changes for the dogs, mate? Well, I think Luke Thompson going into prop is is the right thing to do. Uh, it's good to see Chris Smith starting. He's a solid player. Corey Waddell uh, at lock. I'm not too sure what to make of that. I think he does his job. He, he's got a couple of defensive lapses in him. Uh, but I really love this uh, bench rotation 
uh, with Bradley Dietz getting his second game for the club. Sia uh, Manafanai, our new signing, he'll he'll debut for Canterbury. And Matt Dury gets his first game of the year, um, a, a youngster of the Bulldogs who's just recently re-signed as well. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to envision what's going to happen because they change so much every week. And it's hard to get that cohesion when you're making so many changes. But it's a rebuilding year. Uh, I hope it works in the dog's favour, obviously. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm spewing Jackson to Pine is, um, is supposedly injured because he doesn't deserve to be dropped if it's uh, just on his form. But I think yourself, myself and Gildy are still going to be picking the Sharks considering the big ins that they've got. Yeah, mate, you can't bring you can't bring Josh Dugan and Sean Johnson to that team if you're picking them against the dogs. It was yeah. You just don't have the cattle. Well, fingers crossed on my end it's an upset, but you know, I'm not hopeful, put it that way. Moving on mm. to the 7:30 p.m. Saturday game at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The 13th place Cowboys up against the ninth place Raiders. The Cowboys are unchanged with Jason Tomalolo still one week away from returning. Now, we spoke about this before, Clarky. Mass changes for the Raiders here, so we'll go through them now. Josh Crazy. Hodgson. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Josh Hodgson is out with a calf injury with Tom Starling replacing him in the starting hooker role. Josh Papali is on the bench with Ryan James replacing him to start. Emre Gula to prop. Ryan Sutton to lock. Joseph Tarpane is dropped to the reserves, which is shocking. Corey Harawira Naira and Horsburgh come onto the bench for their first games in 2021 with Sebastian Chris on the wing for the injured Bailey Simonson. Mate, you look at this Canberra bench, they've made mass changes through injury and just sticky being like sticky having the shits. Mm. And all of a sudden you've got Josh Papali on the bench, one of the premier front rowers in the comp. Corey Horsburgh, who they were talking about playing Origin last year. Corey, Corey Harawira Nara, a New Zealand international, and Saliva Hili, Saliva Havili, a Tongan international. Mm. Like, yeah. good luck, Cowboys. Um, far out. Yeah. Mate, it'll be very interesting to see how Tom Starling goes because he, he played really well, like, really, really well last year. And, um, all this talk around at the moment, and it's our opinion as well as it seems like Fox Sports are getting on board with the criticism of Josh Hodgson. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how Tom Starling goes. He, he's going to be putting – he is potentially, potentially could be putting a lot of pressure on Josh Hodgson when he gets back. Oh, I think he'd, he'd be putting massive pressure on him. And you know what? I think the, the, the proof is in the pudding with – how they played last year with him in the side because their team played footy. And I'm not going to just break it all the way down to Josh Hodgson, but you said it earlier, Clarky, that the way he comes out of dummy half, holds that ball for an extra second or two, mate, the, the, the defense is already up in their face and it stifles the whole back mm-hmm. line, even the forwards, you know? So look, I, th- I think, I think this will, potentially 
Um, and I, th- I think it will work for, for Sticky's side. It will kick them all up the ass and they'll all be put on notice and go, shit, we can't fuck up here. Let's just pump. Let's just, you know, pump the Cowboys um, and make sure they don't get three in a row and make sure we don't lose three in a row. So um, I'm going to take it that you're tipping the Raiders like I am and Guilty is. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, Sunday, Anzac Day, the 1.45 p.m. game, a bit of a weird time slot. At Bankwest Stadium, the 15th-placed Tigers up against the 12th-placed Seagulls. For the Tigers, Asu Kapoa is out for the season with an ACL injury with Michael Cheekham replacing him in the centre position. And Manly are unchanged from last week's slaughter of the Titans. This could potentially be a really good game. Yeah, it's a tough one to pick. I get, but going off Manly's performance last week, it's hard to hard to tip against them. Mm. But then Tigers, if they probably beat they probably beat eight or if not ten of any other teams, if they played like they did against the rest of them, like they did against South. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to back up what they did against Souths. I think you, when you predicted correctly, by the way, that Souths just never play well against the Tigers under particular circumstances. I think that's all that it was. <laughs> I think they just step up against Souths because they're a good side. Um, I can't see him beating Manly with Tom Trebojevic there. I, like Last week, no one saw that coming. Manly pumping the Titans by 36 and keeping them scoreless. The way that they were playing prior to that, they were awful. All of a sudden, they get this bloke back and, oh, whole game plan's changed. Kieran Foran starts to play well. All the forwards are putting in. Uh, look, I think, I, think they'll beat, I think they'll beat the Tigers. Um, Guilty's also picked Manly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more confident in Manly than I am the Tigers here. But what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm gonna go Manly as well. Yeah, I, you can't. Yeah, like I said, you can't. You can't tip against Tom Trebojevic coming off that game. Nah, nah. Um, he's just a superstar, and he it, literally he's the only reason why I'd, I'm picking them confidently because of what he because of the way he played against the Titans. I think he'll back it up because he's one of those superstar players. Um, you know that that is a consistent player. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes anyway. The Sunday traditional Anzac match at 4pm at the SCG, the fifth-place Roosters up against the sixth-placed Dragons. For the Roosters, Brett Morris has been named on the wing after a late scratching last week with Ikuvala dropping out of the squad. Sam Verrills makes his long-awaited return to the hooker position after he injured his knee in round seven of the 2020 season. Jared Warrior Hargreaves and Siwa Tokiaho have been named in the 17 as well. For the Dragons, Blake Laurie returns with Trent Merrin dropping out of the squad. Josh Maguire has been named on the bench with Ben Hunt named in the reserves. So a possible return for Ben Hunt there. This is going to be a cracker match. I can already see it. And I love this game. It's awesome. 
mate, it it always is. It's like the um, it's I might stand corrected because I obviously don't follow it as much as the their respective fans will be, but it's almost like the South um the South West games where it, it doesn't matter how either team are going, it's always evened up very much so in the Anzac game and. And to be, I think at the moment they probably they probably are going into the game even. So yeah, well, it's fifth place versus sixth place. The Roosters have um, they've got significant injuries. They've got some significant returns. The Dragons have a few significant injuries, but the majority of their team is healthy. Um, it's going to be very even. I am not confidently picking the Roosters, but I'm going to be tipping them. Guilty's gone with the Roosters as well. Um, and that's my tip is purely based on their success in the past few years. And they still have the seniority around their young halves. But Sam Beryl's coming back makes the hooker position formidable. So, yeah, I'll be tipping yeah, the Roosters. Yeah, mate, he, he's a... He's what he's played 19 first grade games and he's coming off an ACL injury. Mm. Um, he's he's in there out of necessity because they've just got no one else really. Otherwise, I think they would have eased him back into it, but they just have to chuck him in, mate. I can, yeah, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Dragons. Purely Ooh. because Victor Radley, Victor, my Victor Radley's not going to play. Sam Verrill's coming off a twelve-month layoff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But um. Yeah, I think Dane Laurie's going to come out and put. I think. I think the. I think the the Dragons forward pack's going to put it to the Roosters again, just because that's what they've been doing against every team. And yeah, Jack Birdle. Rough, ruffle a few feathers and loves it, eh? Mate, I've when when Kiri went down, I was off the roosters. They won. I got back on them. Now they've lost, so I've gone back. I'm yeah. going off them again. Yeah, I'm just they're not feeling they're not filling me with any confidence. I'm I'm going to tip the upset. Fair enough. And then they'll win, and then I'll pick them next week. Whoever yeah. they play against, it's going to be a close game, easily one to twelve match. Uh, State of origin intensity, um, you know, finals feel sort of game. Like you said, um, doesn't matter where they're coming on the ladder. It's always a good match. So, yeah, I'm gearing up for that one. But moving on to the final mm. match of the round, the annual Anzac match between the fourth-place Storm and the eighth-place Warriors, 6.15 p.m. game at Amy Park for the Storm. Ryan Pappenhausen is out with a shoulder injury with Nico Hines replacing him. Dale Finucan makes a return to the bench for his first game in 2021. For the New Zealand Warriors, Peter Hiku and Adam Pompey are out with David Fusitua and Jack Murchie replacing him and Marcelo Montoya shifting to the centres. Bailey Sirinan returns to the side on their bench. Clarky, I always rate this match because the Warriors play well against the Storm. Um, they used to have the wood over them pretty much, you know, consistently back in the day. Uh, I think this will be a crack, cracking match, particularly now that Pappenhausen is out. It's going to even up 
the strength of each side considerably. I know that the Storm get Dale Finucane back, but this one's going to be a 1-12 to game, in my opinion. Yeah, mate, you said um, Pappenhouse is out with a shoulder injury. I'm assuming you mean um, concussion symptoms because he got <laughs> knocked the fuck out last game. Probably, you know um, what? I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. No, wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, mate, I can. It's gonna be a cracking game. I could, I can, I can definitely see the Warriors win this because, yeah, they do. They, they can, they can. If anyone can beat the Storm, it's the Warriors for some unknown reason. And obviously, Nico Hines, he doesn't fill me with much confidence. But no, nah, um, I'm with you. If Adam made, if Adam Fennell, like plays, they win. Mm. So, look, I'm gonna unconfidently again pick the Storm as Guilty has as well, but that's only because it's in Melbourne. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they always played this um, Anzac game in Melbourne, but yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go the Storm as well. Reluctantly, just because yeah. I don't like him. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like you don't like him, but I can't tell why I think that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on to the Sideline Stories Bunker Review, starting with our Instagram fan poll results from last week. Now, our topics were, would... You like to see Ben Barber play rugby league in New York. 71% of our followers like the idea of his return, which I found surprising, boys. I really did. I thought considering his, um, his, his history and his convictions and his repetition of, um, you know, taking for granted his talent. Um, Bad behavior, mate. Yeah, I just I yeah, thought yeah. more people would kind of be against him returning, but yeah. maybe because he's going to America, um, it kind of alleviates that, um, I guess, um, hate yeah. for him. I don't know. Well, I thought I thought there would have been a lot more hate. Mm. But yeah. like, I'm on, if, I'm if, on the if bandwagon. If it was Jared Hayne, mate, if it was Jared Hayne, there'd be hate. <laughs> he's a fucking convicted yeah. rapist, so <laughs> of course there would be. You know what I mean? Okay. Like Ben Barber hasn't gone that extreme, but you know, like I'm for him playing for sure. I think he'll be an asset to the game and he'll be like Gildy, you said it, he'll be the best player there, you know? So I think it's cool and it's good for the game. So I like that one. But our second topic, did the Cronulla Sharks unfairly sack John Morris? A whopping 90% of listeners and followers said yes. And that one there, boys, is probably a no-brainer. Even his mum thought it was unfair. Oh, his mum's <laughs> always going to think it's unfair. As if his mum comes out and goes, no, no, the Sharks did the right thing. They should have given him the ass." Mummy, no. <laughs> I mean, those 10%, I reckon, the 10% who said... He wasn't unfairly. That'd just be because of the whole they haven't beaten a top eight team since John Morris has taken over the coaching role. Yeah, you know who those ten percent are? Mm-hmm. Sharks fans. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Would, that would that would be yeah that'd be about accurate. Hundred percent. 
The third topic, boys, should Michael Morgan's salary be exempt from the Cowboys cap? A 69% following said yes, it should be exempt from the salary cap. Hmm. There you go. It look, is. I, look yeah. I, dis- I disagree. <laughs> no, I know yeah. you do, but I don't. And the fans voted with me, so we're right. Next, next. No, Nick. Next, let's next wait issue. a sec. Let's wait a sec. <laughs> You're just looking at that 69%. Let's look at the 31% who agree with me. They're obviously doing yeah. that because I have made a good point. Okay. Now, can I, 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 just, got... can I just say, mm. oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you can go first. I was just going to say that 69 is a great number too. <laughs> Such a <laughs> <fucking> loser. <laughs> Just you've, got to be, anyway. you've got to be at least 50, a eh? 50 years old, 60. <laughs> Dad jokes. <laughs> um, Why is it in this case that they're not, it's not going to be part of the salary cap? What, what have the NRL said? What's so the my understand, my understanding is that this year they've like uh, Michael Morgan's salary is included in the cap. So the $1 million is still included. So they can't buy yep. any gun. But the next yep. two years, it's not. And no, that's weird. That's that's sort of saying that. Yeah, it's still kind of, you know, you're still getting it back. And yeah, the from what I understand, the screw in his shoulder, um, there was an issue with that. And that's where the, um, the surgery is fucked up. And they've gone, yep. Uh, you're not recovering and it's never going to recover. And that's when the Cowboys have gone, well, we're medically retiring you. And that's how he's got the, that's how he's got his, his money back. When I heard that, I kind of leant towards, you know, being for the exemption, but still it's the same shoulder. They knew about it. I don't know. It's, It's a tough one. It's very tough. Yep. Moving on. Now, we all suggested these three players would be the next New South Wales captain, uh, possible New South Wales captain or captains. James Tedesco got 60% for his for his question. Nathan Cleary got 47%. And Damien Cook got 53%. So Dan, can I can I ask a question? Yes. Man, that adds up to 160%. Oh, don't do what Clarkie does and think outside the square, <laughs> outside the box, outside the circle. No, I know exactly why. I know why. I'm just you don't make it hard, mate, you know. Yeah, yeah, like you always do because you're 60. I don't know. Dad jokes. Yeah, but, yeah, out of those three, Tedesco won the battle um, marginally. Um, yeah, he he's, he's going to get it because he was the captain Look- last year. What one thing on that though, like you've got sixty percent, fifty three percent, and forty seven percent. It's funny, like who's the queen, the current Queensland captain? Terry Evans. I wonder if he get the same, the same margins. I wonder if he's sixty percent with him. I wonder oh. if there's a clear captain at, at uh, for Queensland now. No, mate. Whereas, when, yeah, when sorry. when they named D, when they named DCE captain, the, the, he wasn't. There wasn't a standout, and he wasn't a standout at the time. Yeah. So they were in they were in a bit of a, a similar predicament to what we are in. 
I can't I can't think of anyone else other than DC, to be honest. But I bet you if Cameron Smith was still playing and the questions asked, hundred percent people say that Cameron Smith should be the captain. And that's what New South yeah. Wales need. They need someone that is gonna be hundred percent our captain. Mm. And we haven't got that at the moment. No. no way. Boys, moving on to this week's bunker review. Now we've got three topics for today. Our first one. Andrew Abdo has publicly stated that state of origin eligibility will not be affected in either the short or long term. This means that players who don't align with Australia cannot participate, ruling out players like Jason Tomalolo or Aidan Fanua Blake. Boys, our prayers were answered. I think the NRL really do listen, particularly to our podcast, because we brought this up when it happened and... They listened and abided by it. Um, it's just common sense. Well, of course it is. Uh, the NRL did, however, state that they were working with the International Rugby League body to solidify a 10-year international calendar, which will include mid-year and end-of-year tests and competitions. And they, that, will awesome. try, and they will try to avoid clashes with origin and internationals. So the question here, boys, should the NRL and English Super League pause their competitions for a month in the middle of the year to cater for representative football? Um, look, that's a bit of a broad question. Are we talking about origin as well? Yeah. Representative you can't play football. origin in a month. You can't play origin in a month. End of story. Yeah, I'm really undecided about this. Why? But yeah, I'd... Because I can see the benefits and the negatives. I can see, uh, I just don't, I'm not sure whether I like the idea of just shutting down a competition for a month. So what are, what are, all, the, what are all the rest of the players do, the ones that don't play rep, rep games? Uh, they get a month off. They get to train for a month. Just yeah, I, don't, play I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it. Well, just play FIFA at home. And- 100%. Like soccer do it and rugby union do it. And it works because it gives the limelight well, to the representative well, game. Well, rug, it works in rugby because no one watches Super Rugby, and really, rugby international rugby union is like a separate thing. I, I don't think that you can probably the better comparison would be the soccer aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can them, Dan. They're, they're apples and oranges, mate. Look, I, I just look. I, I understand the idea. You know what? I like the idea if there's no origin, but there is origin. As a result, you can't put it all in a month. End of story. But then what happens is, okay, so you've got origin going in the middle of this month. You've also got a test. Does that mean that some players play in the test, some players play origin? That takes away from origin, and origin's the um the pinnacle of the game. Mm. I don't care what anyone says. So I disagree. I always. I always come back to, um, and a lot of the stuff that he says, I totally agree with. So if I need a, a gun to my head, I'll make a decision. I'll say, no, I don't like it. Paul Kent's argument is always, if you shut the competition down for a month, then all the AFL will do is put every single AFL game for a month in Rugby League Heartland and just try and... and there'll be people who will just be like, fucking hell, I've got nothing to do this weekend because I can't watch rugby league. Oh, there's an AFL game. I'll go watch the AFL. 
I disagree with that so much. I'd really so disagree Dan, with Dan, that. Can I, can I ask you a question? Right? Do you think Origin can be played in four weeks? Yep. Oh man. So they played in like they played in like five weeks now, Gildy. Hundred percent. Like, look, this is they, this play, is, they play they play they play it on a Wednesday, then they play it, then they play it like on a sun, like not the next Sunday, the Sunday after, and then they play it not the next Wednesday, the Wednesday after. So it's like it, it ends up being over like five and a half weeks. It's five and so it's, it's almost six weeks. Let's say it's six weeks because yeah. those players can't play. Well, they're not meant to play in their club games that weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, it ends up being those players aren't playing for a seven-week period. So right. on top of that, when are you going to when are you going to play a test? So this is like I'm going to go back to the Paul Ken argument. I think that's stupidity because this is the month where you play England against New Zealand. You do a tri series. You play Fiji against Papua New Guinea. You play Samoa against Tonga. You play Ireland against Scotland. You play Italy against France. You can do so much with the international game. On top of that, you've got your under-20s origin, your women's origin, your men's senior state of origin, which is apparently the pinnacle, which I thoroughly disagree with. It shouldn't be the pinnacle. The pinnacle should be the international game. So... Every weekend, you're still going to get your football. Origin can be played on a Wednesday, 10-day break Sunday, 10-day break Wednesday. That's how, that's how you could do it. That month off, which, like I said, other codes do it, and it works. It gives the limelight to the, the international game. And you shorten the NRL season by a couple of weeks. And you know what? Yes, it, the, the only downside for this is you get an injury. But you know what? People get injured during Origin when and it, and it affects the NRL season so much that games are played with understrength teams, which undermines the middle of the season, which is why there's a lull in the season because everyone is thinking about Origin. Club football takes a back seat. That's wrong. Okay, so here's, here's, here's a question for you, Dan. What's the pinnacle of our sport? Is it, is, it, is it internationals or is it origin? It's origin, but I'm saying I don't... It shouldn't hey, what, be. It shouldn't what, what, be origin. So you're saying it shouldn't be origin? Mm-hmm. See, I mean, I, I disagree because I think that it's a special thing that no other sport has. Um, it's so intense. You can't play it in a 10-day break because it's so intense. You need longer than that. And I know Clarky said, well, it's five weeks anyway. Well, it is five weeks, but it's longer than five weeks because they can't play at either end. Um, but, but what they're I, doing is they're backing it, it, up. They're backing up anyway. Like they're playing Origin, and then you know the 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 clubs that can't afford to keep their star players out make them play three, two, three, four days later after the pinnacle. You know, high intense. Not, yeah, but not not all. Not okay. Wasn't there a rule that came out saying that they can't do that? Nope. Well, okay. If those if that's what's happening. They shouldn't be playing, but in saying that, it's it's a, it's such it's so in it's such a it the intensity is so much more than a normal club game. You can have a great club game and it's still not Origin. I get and that. Every time a player every time a player comes off Origin, they say, "Oh, that's so fast. Oh, that was so much more intense than I'm used to." Even the good players. Okay, so why don't you take four weeks off from club football? So it's unaffected and 
you play Origin and then you get nine days off and then you play another game on the tenth day. You're not playing not, anything else. The focus have... is clearly on is clearly on playing for New South Wales and Queensland and for the other players that aren't in that, they play for the other other nations bar Australia because obviously Origin's on. Why can't we play those games at the end of the season? You can, and you should. But well, why, I, I why... think those those games should be played at the end of the season because, I mean, look, because you were you were talking about um, Origin hurting club, the club. Yep. Club game. Mm-hmm. Well, those things are going to hurt the club game too. But you're not, but not, but not directly. Like you're not playing under strength, unless you get an injury, which can still happen when Origin's on at the moment. The way the structure is now. Yeah, true. But only those players playing Origin will, can get injured. What you, what, what, what's going to happen now is you, under what, what um, you're sort of suggesting is that. There's there's more percentage of players that are going to get injured because there's more games going on, more and and tough games like Samoa versus Tonga. It's a grudge match. It's mm. a great match, but you know, man, you're just increasing the risk of injury. That's what I think. <laughs> I think you're clutching at straws now just to combat me. Well, mate, I, I, I'm not because mate, that's how we're doing it. We're not doing it your way, mate. We're doing it the way we're doing it already. You want you, like I understand you want to change it into a four week thing where everyone stops. So then what happens is when the players that aren't playing any of those things come back after four weeks, mm-hmm. mate. Then they haven't played for four weeks, so their match fitness is shit house. Then that that creates injuries as well. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a pro to your argument, but I still think a month break in the middle is, you know. For, is is the way forward. Is, is the way they should okay. do it. We'll have Clark- to agree to disagree. Oh, we're, we're never going to agree, you and I. Clarky, what did you say? <laughs> do you disagree with it? Yeah, I think I, I just don't see how it would work. I don't... Yeah, I just don't see how it would work. Even after my um, wonderful argument against Guilty, which I won, by the way. <laughs> no, see, are you... Are you um? Are we in your proposing of all these internationals and the NRL shuts off for a month? Mm. Is Origin being played or Origin's not being played? It is being played. Yes. So Australia is not playing. No. Every other nation. If plays. you're talking about every other nation, but the best, yeah. the best nation, because their trial for that is occurring and then at the end of season you have your you know your intercontinental slash continental cups which australia is involved in they have their test against new zealand their annual test and then they play the ashes against england or they play in the oceanic cup no i yeah i don't i don't like it i don't see how it'd work oh, okay well it's two against one but i thought my argument was better than both of yours so whatever <laughs> Be, I can see that's a good fair. argument, but I just think I just think that, mate, for me, Origin's the pinnacle. I can't wait for Origin each year, and I just don't think you don't need to change it. It doesn't need to be changed. Leave it the way yeah, it is. Yeah, what, yeah, what, Gildy? They did change it. They put it at the end of the year, and it failed miserably. It was awful. Yeah, put Look, it back to where it's meant to be. How it was, how it was at the end of last year was so bad. 
I thought the whole let's change origin thing was going to be put to bed, and it's clearly not in Dan's mind. Yeah. It has, it, ha- it has been for Origin going to the end of season. In an ideal world, it sounds good on paper, but no, that's correct. It shouldn't be at the end of season because they've got this grand final hangover and then, you know, the ratings weren't as good either. I don't know if that's COVID-related or not, but the intensity wasn't there until game three even. So, you know, if you persist with it, maybe you could see different results, but no, I think... With Origin, Origin is a mid-season comp. I, I'm all for that, but this is the way you do it in the mid-season. It affects club football less and it promotes international football more. That is the main point here. Well, how about this, Dan? Just, just one last thing on this. Mm. Why not just leave Origin the way it is, play mm. it over however many games they've got, and then play those international games in between? Because there's less games on an Origin weekend play an international game on an Origin weekend as well. Well, at the moment, they've got the second game as a Sunday game for Origin, and that's what they do. They have a rep weekend. They've got one weekend that's dedicated to representative football. That's what they do now to affect the club football less. And look, a pro argument to club football and and Origin being played as well is that the the youth or up-and-comers of your club get a go. That's one positive that people see in it. Yeah, but it's still you still play under strength. That's the part I don't like. You know, your club football club football is very important. I just don't like how much it affects club football. That's where that's my main gripe. And I love the promotion of international league as well. To boot, yeah. Look, yeah, it is two versus one. But like, if this was a if this was a debate, you would win the debate. Me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But you haven't. No, in terms of. Pure debate rules, but you haven't convinced me. Okay, that's fair enough. So do you know what you are, Dan? You're a yep. politician who's really good, but not in charge. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore you. <laughs> um, topic number two, boys. Now, there have been reports that Israel Folau is looking to sign for an intra-Super Cup side in Queensland's reserve grade. The NRL have stated that they have no power in approving or denying an application if it was with the Queensland Rugby League. The QRL boss has returned fire, stating that the NRL should make the decision as Falau is using the QRL to backdoor his way into the NRL competition. Peter Volandis, a.k.a. the Rugby League God, stated that they will not make a decision when no NRL club has made an application for Folau. The question is, should Israel Folau be permitted to play professional rugby league in Australia? Well, man, you said that um, no uh, NRL club has made an application. Yeah, they have made an application, but I remember when the Dragons were seriously looking at him and because they got laughed out of town, they, they didn't end up making the application. How long? How long's the guy got to be punished for? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't build his misses. Mm. I think there's there's players who do far worse crimes than what he's done. Yeah, look, I understand that he's um, upset some people in the community. And uh, how long? How long's he got to be punished for? Well, look, for those that don't know, in April 2018, Israel Folau posted this on Instagram: "Quote, those that are lying in sin." will end up in hell unless you repent. 
drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, and idolaters. Unquote. The Australian Rugby Union, as a result, sacked him and Israel Folau sued them and won a multi-million dollar lawsuit for unfair dismissal. Now, the Catalans Dragons didn't care and signed him on the, on the basis that, you know, freedom of speech is a thing. And, Nick, I think I, I agree with you. Like, he hasn't committed a crime. No, I don't agree with his views. Like, they're, they're, they're backward, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. He's but, an idiot. But, yeah, but there's but, no, there's no. Yeah, he, I, I don't think it's 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 worthy of him being ostracised and exiled from professional sport in Australia. That's a bit far. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's an idiot, and I think um, educated people don't have to listen to his views. Hmm, that's true. That's exactly right. Like, look. People from the gay community have have obviously seen or heard the comment, and to uh, to anyone really, those comments can lead to you know significant ramifications for people in those communities, i.e., depression or suicide or whatever. That's where some people have come from with it, which is you know true, but. Again, if we're going back to what he's done and you compare it to people that, you know, hit their wives or glass their wives or, um, you know, uh, do drugs or whatever, like like uh, drugs aren't as, 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 as extreme, but like, you know, domestic violence-related crime is, you know, somehow along the way these people have gotten back in the game and it's like, it's the redemption story. And, oh, my God, how good is it that he's reformed? Blah, blah, blah. Yet this guy three years ago um, said said some stupid comments on Instagram, mind you, and now he's not allowed back in the game. Do you know, do you know what? The funny thing is with this with the rugby union, obviously it was a massive deal. Um, he's um, he's uh, offended, I believe, um, LGBTQ, you mm-hmm. know, I, I understand that, right? He's offended drunks. I understand that. But you know what? If if Rugby Union hadn't given him a platform and just gone, ha, what an idiot, and then mm-hmm. continued, let him play, there'd be no issue. Well, they wouldn't have lost $10 million plus dollars now, would they? They wouldn't have lost $10 million. They, would, they didn't have to give him a platform. They go, oh, Israel Folau with some stupid comments. Anyway, let's get on with Rugby Union. Instead, they made this massive deal about it, you know, and I'm sure, like, uh, they're not the only ones. I'm sure the, the papers and the media pushed, pushed a point because mm-hmm. they found a point. I'm pretty sure the reason he did what he did was he was trying to get out of his contract. Um, there was a few factors there. But, yeah, he, he shouldn't be punished forever. Um, if he wants to make the same comments again, I just hope rugby league is smarter than going – oh, no, okay, we're going to have to write it in his contract that he can't say certain things. Mm. They just go, listen, we're not going to give you a platform. You're an idiot. Let's get on with the game. Clarky, what do you think? 
the line the NRL's drawn, I find quite bizarre in terms of, you know, you, we look at all the other players that they've allowed back into the, and obviously Matt Lodge is the one that everyone normally uses because it happened at around the same time. Matt Lodge breaks into, breaks into a family's home and threatens to kill them. Mm. And forgot about that. And then they throws throws punches at a throws punches at a mum in front of in front of a daughter, and then they allow him to come back and play. I, I just find it strange. And this pussy footing around with, well, we haven't banned him. Um, no one's come to us with a contract. I find that that's just a crock of shit. As if. They've they made a decision. They come out and said when is Rafaela wanted to come back into the code after the Catalans, I think it might have been, or maybe before he went over to the Super League. Mm. He said, and the NRL command said, no, you're not welcome back in the game. I think you'd find that when the Dragons here were feeling out the NRL, the NRL were like, mm, you're an idiot. We're not signing him. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. Prob- but but probably, don't give us the headache. Probably for legal, probably for legal reasons as well. They probably can't be knocking him back. I don't know, but I just find it. Yeah, I find it bizarre that this is the line in the sand they that they draw. But um, yeah, should he be allowed to play rugby league? Yes, of course he should be. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think one last point on on him is that he hasn't backed down. Everything he says, no, I said it, I believe it. Whereas um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not putting them in the same boat, but but we already have with Lodge. Lodge just come out, yep, I'm in the wrong. I don't even know if he's paid that family back what he's meant to pay them, but I'm in the wrong. I've done the wrong thing. I want to be better. Help me, help me, help me. Okay, the NRL, he's a redemption story, and that's the difference between him and Israel. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, and then if we're going to go into it a little, just a little bit further, he said all this stuff because it's his, his religious view as well. And, you know, if every game is going to be inclusive, then, you know, shouldn't they be inclusive of someone that's religious? I don't know. Not to say, yeah. look, I'm, I'm just saying oh, like oh. these views of the views that and the post he, he, he made, they're backward. They're, it's a backward yeah. thing. But, but mate, but, but mate, I, 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 like, and I know you guys agree with this. It's, this is cancel culture, right? Mm. And educated people don't have to worry about his views because they just go, what a fucking idiot, mm. and move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're all on board with him playing. So, yeah, if he was to apply tomorrow, with the Dragons, for example, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, um, and they said, yeah, we want to sign him. We'll all be happy with it, yeah? I've got no dramas with it, no. Yeah, okay. Boys, our final topic for the episode. It has been reported that TJ Perinara, the 29-year-old All Blacks halfback, will sign with the Sydney Roosters at the conclusion of the Japanese rugby competition later this month. The most capped Wellington Hurricanes player with 64 caps for the New Zealand All Blacks and a World Cup victory in 2015. Reports suggest that the Sydney Roosters want to sign TJ as a hooker for the remainder of the 2021 season. 
The earliest he could play is round 14, permitting that uh, his club gets knocked out and uh, he quarantines for two weeks. Uh, and they will be able to sign, uh, they being the Sydney Roosters, will be able to sign TJ Perinara for $130,000 for the remainder of the season. What are your thoughts on that, boys? Okay. Um, I asked a few, uh, I don't know enough about him. I don't watch enough rugby union, but um, I asked a few rugby union mates about, about him. Um, mm. By all accounts, yeah, he's got 60, 67 tests for New Zealand. Is that right? 64. But in saying that, in saying that, he's, he's the second best player in his position for New Zealand. Yep. They've had another guy yep. for the last five years. And Aaron I think Smith. Uh, yep, Perinera comes in as a, as a reserve or a backup and plays some starts when Aaron Smith's injured and so forth. Mm. And I think when Aaron Smith gets into trouble as well, I think he's been in trouble as well. Um, yes, he look, man, he's a, he, he, Perinera's, I've been told he's an off the cuff player. He's quite quick. Um, I've got no dramas, him coming to play rugby league for the Roosters. The only uh, beef I have is it's the Roosters again and it's 130000 Like Sonny Bill. With Made him more well. And they signed more well. How old's TJ Perinara? 29. In what world are you signing a 29-year-old New Zealand All Black for $130,000? Yeah. Well, well, well I, I, look, I don't, like I said, I haven't seen him play. I should have asked the question of them, what's he worth? I don't, I don't know. But it's got to be more than 130000 Well, he's won a World Cup as well. It's not as if he's over the hill. Like, like you said, yeah. Guilty, he's second to the starting half in Aaron Smith. And it's reported that um, they're not going to re- – like New Zealand rugby aren't going to re-sign him because they want to blood new players. And that's fine. But technically, the Roosters would probably be signing him, if it was a full season, would be signing him for, what, 300000 I mean, that's still not enough. I know he's not a proven I, I, rugby I think- player. But that's still not enough, is it? Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's just funny. The Roosters have got the Morris brothers on this ridiculous amount of money. They've got, you know, and and when they get to do things like this, the the, the throwback is that they're they get because they're doing what they're doing. They get to sign Joseph Suwali. Do you know what mm. I mean? They mm. get to sign um, Young Walker. It's it's unfair for every other club. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like you know, in saying that as well. Out of fairness to the Roosters, they don't fill out. They don't fill their top thirty squad. So, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I guess they're just oh. very good at managing their cap but as well. A, a, I just want to add something though. The only reason I want to do it, I want to see them do it, is if they, for the so, probably a good chance that he'll fail. And then we can just add it, just add it to another one to the list of whenever you have arguments with rugby union supporters and you tell them that Ryan Cross played for the Wallabies and Corabidi and can Curtis just, Rona and Cor- um, what's his name? Vunavala. You can just Lottie, Lottie Takiri, Nick, Matt Rogers. Well, well, Lottie, Lottie Takiri, Brad Thorne. Yeah, but they're all players who were. They're all good rugby league players. You're talking about Ryan Cross and Marika Corb. 
Marika Corvetti and Curtis Rowan are playing for the Wallabies. That's when there's issues. And if if this if TJ Paranara comes over here and fails, then it's just a reverse of the, the same argument, but in reverse. Look, I, I watched mm. highlights just to find out a little bit about him. Like I said, I, didn't, I haven't watched much rugby union, so I don't know how he plays over a full game. I watched highlights, and he seems to be one of those um, uh, quick, quick out of the box dummy halves who who run run just as much as he passes instead of just passing in a dummy half. Um, he's definitely a target to run at in defence, but he's not a massive guy, mm. um, and he definitely won't be used to a ten meter a ten meter gap between. Um, the defensive line and the offensive line, as opposed to what he's used to as a five meter gap. In saying that, some of the rugby union blokes tackles, and they're way bigger than the league blokes. So, we'll put it this way: well, if, he, it, if he, oh, sorry, Clark, here you go. No, they brought it up with um, Brandon Smith on Maddie Johns's Sunday night show, and um, it sounded like Brandon Smith's mates with Aaron Smith. Did you say was that is that the other halfback, yeah, the right. other scrum half, and um. TJ Perinara has asked Aaron Smith to ask um, Brandon Smith for some footage on Apisai Coruscant. Mm. So that's obviously who he's going to try and mimic his game off. And Brandon, and Brandon Smith. Probably and Brandon Are Smith. I don't, I don't think he's the same sort of guy as Brandon Smith, man. Brandon Smith's a power player. This guy's a speed player. Mm. Like, look, I've seen a few, because I don't mind watching international union games. And TJ Perinara always came off the bench and he's just, he's a fierce competitor. He was, he is, he looks like a good player, but yeah, look, I don't, I couldn't imagine him getting here by round 14, which would be the earliest he could get here. Like I said, and him adjusting a week later, he's going to come, he's going to, he's probably going to debut maybe in round 20, you know, it's going to take him Man, a while. Look, look. This is the—I don't have a drama with him playing, and I, you know whether he whether he succeeds or not, I don't care. I just don't think he's worth one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah, that's that's an issue. That's the issue. Yeah, that's an issue. Because yeah, look, I agree. I, I I'd love to see union players come over. It's good for it's good for league because union players want to see how union supporters want to see how um union players or ex-union players go over in another code it is interesting just yeah. like when sam burgess went over to lee uh to union we wanted to see how he went and you know he didn't have a good stint over there same with benji marshall and same with ben barber they were they were they were shit at union but um yeah for he, for them to price him at 130 for half a season yeah it's a bit shonky Typically, oh, i think it's unfair yeah, anyway, on that, boys, with um, with all the players that we've kind of um, t- spoken about cross coding, which player outside of rugby league do you think could crack the NRL? Mate, I've gone with um, I've gone with another All Black because as if you're going to pick someone else apart from an All Black, um, I've gone with Bowden Barrett, the fly half for the All Blacks. Mm. Mate, um, I reckon you'd play him at. I think he'd just be a a half in league mm. with his kicking game, and then you, not only that, you add in his um, yeah, add in his goal kicking as well. That'd be phenomenal. Like he's um, 
only if you can, obviously the balls are a little bit different, but he what, won a World Cup with the All Blacks. He's won World Rugby Player of the Year two consecutive years. He's um, the only person apart to do that was Richie McCall. Um, 91 kilos. He'd be a big, he'd be a big solid half. I just think he'd, his game management above all else, I don't think he'd be super flashy, but it'd just be his game management would be his main thing. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I've seen him play. He's, I, you could play him, put him at fullback as well because he's so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my player would be um, Eben Etzebeth. His name is. He plays for South Africa. He's about six foot eight. Um, he'd weigh 120 kilos or more. Uh, he's quick and he's probably the most aggressive rugby union player playing right now. And um, he's a beast. When uh, he's a beast. And when my mate showed showed him to me, like on a YouTube, I just went, Oh wow, I you know, far out. What 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 league could do with this guy if he was born in Australia? Mm. He could play second row or prop. He's quick enough to play in the back row, but and and fast enough to play wide, but he's tough and he's aggro and he goes after it. Uh, I think he's great. Man, he's quick for the for his size too. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mate. He, he's just a monster. The, the South Africans always have an enforcer. Mm. They have that Bucky's, Bucky's Barker, I think his name is, before him. And mm. if, if he was still playing, I don't think he's playing anymore, but he's the same mould. He's six foot seven, fast, super aggressive, wants to fight everyone. Well, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, I love it. I, I mm. think aggression is great. Um, yeah. This guy's got it in spades. And I don't know, you you'd he'd ever he'd ever come because I don't think it's worthwhile to away from home. I don't think I don't think I don't know if we've ever had a South African player play rugby rugby league. I'm not sure, but this guy Jared, would be awesome. Jared Safi. There you go, Jared Safi. Look at you, Clarky, all over it. It's all those big leagues and rugby league world magazines <laughs> and all that. All that throwback Thursdays, bro. <laughs> That's it. Well, we'll leave it at that, boys. Thank you so much for coming on again. Clarky, Guilty, always a pleasure. Never a chore, my friends. Also, a big thank you to everyone for tuning into the Sideline Story. That's a wrap from us here at the virtual studio.